Welcome to Time Up, the podcast. You must be over 18 to listen to this podcast and in some places older. It is your responsibility to check. This is the personal view of a gay bondage player and nothing is presented as an authoritative view. Always play safely. The use of the word boy on this podcast should be taken to mean a submissive male over the age of consent who identifies as a sub or a slave, not as someone underage. Many thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. guys welcome back to time up the podcast um yeah we've been gone a little while haven't we god the world has changed something rotten we did do podcast 51 this one which would have been e electro it came out quite well we had several people there we had different types of electro being used but as you may recall we used to record them in the awning of the caravan and the day we recorded it pissed down with rain and all you could hear on the recording was the rain it literally drowned out any other noise ah well so that was back in 2018 and we're now in 2021 so what the hell's been going on well what hasn't at the time we just got the car back it had been seven weeks having repairs done to it and not going into detail because it's so long ago now basically we were ripped off something rotten it just shouldn't have taken that long that was uh oh that happened august in 18. Uh, we then tried getting together to do another podcast and things started taking a bit of a downturn Uh, It ended up on December the 4th, 2018. My mother had a very, very major heart attack. Very serious heart attack. Uh, She was taken from here home straight to uh, a specialist unit where they put a stent in um, within minutes of her arriving. She then promptly discharged herself that evening Uh, So I had to deal with all of that. Uh, In the meantime, my father had been getting stomach pains and they'd been progressively getting worse. 
This culminated with Christmas Day 2018. We were all over in South London in the caravan. We always had Christmas in the caravan. Uh, and he collapsed during uh, cooking Christmas dinner. We sent for an ambulance. Um, he refused to go with them, which didn't surprise me. He wasn't near home. He was worried he was going to be left isolated. So later after dinner, my sister brought him and my mum home. Uh, mum never seemed to recover properly from the heart attack. We rested a few days, then we packed up the caravan and took it home. On the 2nd of January, my father collapsed again and this time went into hospital. Uh, he stayed there till mid-January when he discharged himself. Do it a lot in our family. He lasted about 24 hours at home before he had to go back in. He collapsed again and he was losing blood. Got to mid-February and they discharged him home saying the district nurse would look after him. And he got home, had a few problems, so we rang the district nurse who promptly turned around and said, oh no, we can't do anything about that, you haven't got the proper equipment. So he went back into hospital. I then found out that he wasn't actually allowing the doctors to do any sort of tests or check on anything. Uh, I had to turn nasty with him, uh, stop him from coming home. They eventually did the tests and we were then told that he had cancer of the bladder and that it had spread to his lungs and other places. It then got passed over to the local hospice here in Essex, Farley Hospice, and they arranged the proper bedding, they arranged everything that he needed here, and he came home on the Thursday night. Friday I cooked him a meal and he, he ate stuff and he was sitting there talking and he said, well, I'll get up tomorrow and do something. Saturday came and he didn't get up. He just wasn't well enough to get up, which didn't surprise us. Paul and I went out in the evening to Collard. It was their 10th anniversary. Um, yeah, March 19. Um, we were a little uneasy doing so, but everyone's attitude was, well, Dad could be like this for months. We came home early. And at three o'clock in the morning, I just got up and he'd passed away. Uh, so he'd only last two, three days at home. I then basically had to start looking after mum a lot more. Uh, her health was not quite that good. That went through um, most of 20. Whenever we went away, we tried to take mum with a few intervals. And then, uh, in 19, sorry, then come into 20. And of course, uh, coronavirus appears on the scene. And within a few months, we were in lockdown and the last fetish bound that was run was on the 8th of March, uh, 2020. We did our best last summer for my mum. Got her out when we could, when we were allowed to. Did as much as we could, took her away in the caravan as much as we could. And last September, we went to Folsom. It was cancelled, but we had tickets. We couldn't get out of them. No one knew this was coming. We booked so early. All our tickets were use them or lose them. So we went. 
managed to go just in the right time period as well. The windows of travel was open. We had a good time over there. We come back. Uh, by the end of October, Mum was still not doing well. We'd gone into another lockdown, so we'd lost a few more holidays. And she eventually agreed to go to A&E. Now, anyone who knows my mum, if she asked to go to A&E, you know there's something seriously wrong. So we headed off to A&E with her. I then got a phone call from the A&E people asking me to go in. You're not allowed to go in with people. It's only the the patient. So, all right, I'll come in. Um, mum was being difficult, as usual. They wanted to do a, an X-ray, but she didn't want to sit around waiting for one. And I had to explain to her that, you know, because of COVID, no one was sitting around. If they wanted you to have an x-ray, you'd go in, they'd set it up, they'd take it, you'd come out. So she had the x-ray done. The next morning they asked for her to go back to the, uh, oh, I forget what it was called, but basically same day emergency clinic, something like that. So we went back there and they wanted to do a scan. I persuaded her to let them do the scan. Again, not a very easy. Um... We then went away, not really knowing what was going to happen. We was told to get the answers that day. We didn't. A couple of weeks later, we got called up to the hospital. By now, Mum was in a wheelchair. So we went up to the hospital, saw um, one of the consultants, or administrator, I can't remember totally, who informed us that Mother had... Uh, lung cancer um, and that it had spread and they couldn't really do much else to help her um, it went over to Fairly Hospice again and the bed came back and all the bedding that we had before for my dad the previous year was all back in place in November we got a, a Farley Hospice arranged for an ambulance crew to come in and help Mum get downstairs because by now she was unable to walk properly. We got her downstairs, she got onto the bed. Early December we started having uh, more help from Farley Hospice and Mary Curie nurses, overnight help because Mum didn't sleep. We managed to go out, last shopping trip was the 5th of December and we went to the cinema Although there was a lockdown looming, uh, Peter Duncan had recorded a panto and it was on at the cinema. So we managed to get there. Cinema was fantastic, made all the arrangements. So Mum got in with her wheelchair. The Thursday night, we managed to get tickets for the local theatre who had managed to reopen their panto, uh, albeit it closed about a few days later. It was fantastic. And on the Saturday, we went to a local park that had, like, illuminations and that uh, electric light walk. And she enjoyed that. And on the 13th of December, she was a lot worse. And by the following week, she was on a syringe driver to pump morphine in to control the pain. And if you know anything about that, once they're on a syringe driver, they're basically out of it. She had asked about going into a care home, which I wasn't overly keen on, but they were telling us this was going to go on for three to six months, 
and to be honest Paul and I couldn't cope with that We've not the loss of sleep and everything the worry uh, the Mary Curie nurses were great but we couldn't have them every night it was two or three nights a week however by the time that there was an offer through and funding was guaranteed uh, it, it looked as though it was rather irrelevant um, and by 9.30 on Christmas day uh, I couldn't see any vital signs from my mother and by 10.30 she was declared dead so yeah the last two years have been eventful um it's strange having lost both parents quite so quickly especially as my father was 94 when he died and my mother was 80 when she died there was 15 year age gap between them so i never dreamt my mum would go as quick as that I, what can i say there's mixed feelings i mean at the end of the day the woman was my mother um she wasn't the nicest of people we've since found notebooks that she wrote in and some of the entries in there are very distressing very inaccurate um they've been destroyed the the family doesn't need to see that no one else needed to see that not paul not anyone um they've been burnt which i think was the most appropriate thing it's taken eight skips so far to clear the rubbish that they left in my house they lived with me in my house and we're up to eight skips we think it's eight skips we might miss one it's a lot <laughs> it's a massive amount um obviously with lockdown and that we've not been able to donate stuff to charity shops as we would have once done uh we've had to throw stuff and we've been quite ruthless it has to be said we are now in the master bedroom it's our bedroom now um got a lodger at the moment my papa's moved in he's, he's trying to sort his life out so we've offered him space here which i'm pleased to be able to do um the garage if you follow us on facebook in our secret group or on twitter you'll have seen the pictures of the garage it's basically been gutted so far it's been the most expensive project that we've undertaken um, it had an asbestos roof and it's also in the back garden and there's an extension to the front of the house so you can't get the car up the back to use it as a garage so we've had the front taken off and put a wall on with a door in and we've had the roof done and we've had all the electrics in here done and everything done it's now a nice dry for once <laughs> we come in here one day with about an inch or two of water in the corner um originally there was a hole in the middle of the floor as well but it's all been done and we've now built i have built with the pup's help um we have a lot of help from the pup i've got to be honest we've now built a small platform at the back with a wall there are two upright posts i'm just i'm actually in the garage now um so we have two bondage posts the plan is that on the side there's going to be a, a cupboard a bondage cupboard that we can hook people up in and leave them there for a while however some people like it for a long long while and some people we know don't really want it for more than a few minutes but the options are there we, we can mind play with people 
I've built a bondage chair, which again, is on Twitter and on Facebook. It's not the best one in the world. It's not probably going to stand up to a lot of use, but I'm happy that I've done it. If anyone knows my history, I've never been allowed to do DIY. I've not even been allowed to pick up a paintbrush. My parents just wouldn't let it happen. My dad would be, oh, no, 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 I'll do that. I, it's, it's easier if I do it and all this sort of stuff. So I've never really learnt. And I've been buying my own power tools. I've got a miter saw, only a little one. Still big enough to take your hand off if you get it caught in there, though. Uh, so far, I've only managed to put an impact screwdriver through my hand. Well, into the into it a little bit. I didn't kill myself or anything like that. And there was no vast amounts of blood. So, yeah, I'm still alive. I am being very careful with the stuff. Paul runs away and hides when he hears something, a power tool fire up. But never mind. Um, so that's what I've been building. I've got plans to build a table with an isolation box inside it. Uh, that's going to be a little bit further down the line. I've got, got a few more other spending projects. Because in the house, we've changed most of the furniture. Thrown loads away, as I've said. Eight skips, gone. Uh, we have two spare bedrooms. One that the pup is now lodging in. And our front bedroom, which we also call the office, because Paul's now working from home. Because in amongst all of this, on the day lockdown first kicked in, March 20, Paul's contract ended for the fixed-term contract job he had. Uh, that was a, a bit of a disaster at that time, as you can imagine. Not having a job at the start of lockdown. <sighs> Thankfully, by November, he found another job. And hopefully next month he'll be confirmed in post. His probationary period will be up and he'll be confirmed in post. And he's back in local government, which is, he's in his element. He moans about it, but he is in his element. He loves it. Um, my parents didn't exactly leave vast sums of money. Uh, anyone that thinks I got rich off of it? No, they didn't leave me a house because the house was mine already. Um, they left me a little bit of cash. With it, I have spent some of it in places like regulation. <laughs> regulation and fetters. Probably got quite a large lump of it. I've got three orders with them. Two directly with regulation and one with fetters. And we're just waiting for them to come through. I've bought uh, some padded, heavy padded leather restraints. This will be the third set I've had. Uh, people that have followed this for a long period will know that uh, I've lost a few sets. So I had a big robbery from the car way 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 back way back and I lost about five thousand pounds worth of kit well these are about the last bits that i had then that i've never replaced so and somebody did give me a set but they weren't missing at an event a straight event as well um so yes they're they're now replaced the only things missing are the thigh restraints but they're on order and i've never used to have the belts apparently there's two big padded belts that go or correction there is a big padded belt that goes with it in two sizes so i've ordered one of each size so i'll be able to get the thin guys as well as the big guys um also if you follow us on twitter and that you'll see that i have a complete segifix set i say complete it's complete for me um i perhaps like some upper arm restraints on there but it is segifix it is from the german company that makes Segufix. It's the proper, proper stuff. 
course, having bought it after Christmas, I've been hit by all the import charges and all the rest of it of having left Europe. But hey, we knew that was coming, and no biggie. Um, what else can I tell you? What else have I been spending money on? Bought some more electro. So yeah, when we do do electro, I've got a couple of more bits. I've now got remote electro, and I've bought a Viper. <laughs> yeah, not used it yet. Not used it yet. Um, got to wait for lockdown to finish. Uh, Viper, how can we describe it? Two bits of perspex that you flatten someone's cock between and then put electricity through. Probably very brief description, but that in basics is what it is. Um, and we have a big item coming. We have ordered a big, big item. For us it is. Um, we know some people on this scene probably lose change. But for us to spend over a grand on one item, it's a big, big item for us. And we're looking forward to that coming. And uh, you'll have to follow us on social media if you want to know what it is. And um, that, because we haven't even told the family. So, yeah, the next thing I want to talk about is the family. The TEU family has always been, oh, how can I describe it? Um, it's a two way thing. We as a Lever family are there for each other. And whilst they might not believe it at times, they do an immense amount for me, just being there sometimes. Um, I, I've always believed it's a privilege and honour to have someone call you sir. Not a right, not something you demand. Uh, you earn their respect, you earn their submission, and they will call you sir. Uh, that, to me, is much more meaningful than me demanding that they call me sir. It, it, you know, for someone to accept my collar is a great honour and, and very flattering and very good for my ego it has to be said I'm being jumped on, excuse me a moment I have a dog yes we have doggies yes we have doggies Doggy deeds. Yeah, I know. coming up to their feeding time yes he sings I don't know if you can hear him but he sings and he jumps up and lets it be known that he needs something doing uh, we got a girl as well. Um, anyway, the family has grown since the last podcast. There's now about... I can never remember. It's 11 or 12. It's either 11 plus me or 11 including me. Um, <laughs> that's bad, isn't it? Uh, but we've had a few returners. Um, we've got a few new guys. Um, Brighton Pride last year, I collared someone that I didn't think I would collar um, again that's very flattering uh, and I'm hoping that's a two way thing he's a very very nice guy and a very good player on this scene and I felt he perhaps needed protective arm is the wrong word but a supportive arm um, there, there was something there that tends to be how I work with the family and of course we will be at Brighton Pride this year Hopefully it will go ahead. Hopefully everything will go ahead. Um, and we have plans for Folsom in Berlin for next year, 22. We go on the even years. That gives the guys all a fair chance to try and save up. And um, not so much on the kit side because we've got family uniform. But, you know, no one wants to go over there and do it on a shoestring. You, you want to go and see the sites. You want to be part of the Folsom 
you want to be able to go into shops and, and buy things and that, which we invariably do. Come back with more kit than we go with. Going to have to watch it this time with the customs. Um, so, yeah, that's where we're sitting at the moment. Of course, the big change is the house uh, is mine. It always has been mine, but the house is ours now. There are no parents around. All in the past, I've had to work around them. I've not been able to have people here. I've not been able to do what I want to do here. Um, out of respect for them and because I'm caring for them. That's all now finished. I'm now in a totally different world. May the 17th, we start being able to meet people again and I'm hoping to meet the family up meet up with the family um, we have a holiday on the Isle of Wight which ironically my mum paid for to do last year and she rebooked it before she became seriously ill this year um, but it's booked um, it's all paid for so we're going and some of the family will be coming to join us um, and then we've got Brighton Pride coming up and hopefully on June the 21st all this lockdown malarkey here in the UK will come to an end and we can start getting back to normal. We don't know when Fetchman will be starting because Central Station are holding back on confirming until they're more sure. I'm sure that's what it is. Um, but as soon as we know, we will let you know. Anyway, I wanted to do a quick podcast as I've not done one for nearly three years. Just to let you know, we are all still here. We are still planning on carrying on with these. And yes, we will do E for Electro again soon. Because now we can do it in here. Or somewhere else in the house. And not have the rain drown us out like it did last time. Anyway, good to be back podcasting. I'm surprised this damn stuff still works. And I haven't yet checked the audio to see if anything's come out at all. Bit of a rambling one, but I will do a proper one soon. Uh, just one to let you know I am still here, we are still alive, and we are now back. So stay safe guys, and we'll speak soon.